Welcome to the Brad and Taylor Show. Today we have Bob Kornstadt. You're listening to the Brad and Taylor Show, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs to pursue their passions. We're sitting down with some of the best to learn how they got started and some lessons they learned along the way. How's it going? It's going well. How are you guys today? We're good. We're doing good. We're doing good. So let's get us started off here. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So I am a real estate agent. Um, I buy, sell real estate. I'm on both sides uh, representing buyers and sellers. Um, I am part owner in brokerage. Um, City to Shore REIT Collection is uh, the brokerage that I'm 50% owner in. Um, so yeah, I mean, on top of the office duties and making sure, you know, stuff is move, running smoothly, agents have this information and tools and what that, that they need. Um, I'm also out on the ground zero trying to sell and buy real estate for my clients. So, so wheat. I like it. I like yeah. it. So let's back it up a little bit. When you were, uh, when you were younger, is this what you had planned for a future? Or what, what did you have planned? Oh man, I was so delusional when I was younger. I was, I was pretty certain that all of my five foot nine, I was going to the NBA. Like that was my, that was my thing. I was going to play professional basketball and looking back, it's even more funny because I wasn't even really all that good. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was all in my mind. Like I thought I was so good. And I looking back, it's like, I didn't have the height. I didn't have the build. And yeah, no, I was pretty convinced until about high school that that is what I was going to do. And <laughs> then, you. you know, from there it just became I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'll just, I'll figure it out. Right. So yep. just run with it. So did you go yep, to college? Sure. Did you go to college and then, um, go, go for anything, anything at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I did. Um, the first half of my professional career, if you call it that, um, was in automotive, right? Mm-hmm. So I ran dealerships for the last really 15 years, maybe not quite 15 years. Um, I graduated from Ferris state university. Uh, I was one of those that took six years to do a four-year degree. Um, definitely took my time and have the memories to prove it, but uh, ended up going to Florida. Um, it was in, my degree was in automotive servicing, um, um, automotive heavy equipment management. So a lot of like, a lot of dealership background, a lot of uh, like Torrance, California type where, you know, Mazda, a lot of corporate type stuff. Um, I ended up, uh, I fell right in the dealership world. Um, it was, it was the greatest thing and it was the worst thing. Um, that's where I got my teeth cut in. And if you know anything about the automotive industry, it's a grind. Um, it's a grind and it spits people out left and right. So I had to learn at a very young age. Uh, I moved all the way from Grand Rapids to Orlando thinking, oh man, this is the best. Right. And then I get there and it's like, oh my gosh, this job is awful. (laughs) And uh, it it is a grind. We were open seven days a week, but there was probably no better place as much as I love bad mouthing the automotive industry. Um, you want to, you want to build a person, you throw them in that type of atmosphere. I didn't have an option to go back home. It's not like I'm just going to go down the road, right? Like I am 1500 miles away from home. I can't, like, I have to make this work, right? So I figured out very early how to be successful, you know, in the atmosphere that I was at. So like I said, as much as I love to badmouth automotive, um, it, it did turn me into the person that I was, that I am now. So um, I was down there for a couple of years. I headed back uh, north, um, was engaged to uh, a girlfriend from Ferris. We ended up getting married and I lived the dealership life here you know, which is 60, 65, 70 hours a week. Um, did that for a while. Kind of had an aha moment um, a few years back. Um, this would have been probably 2018 um, where my kids are getting older, right? I've got three kids and it's like, dad is never at the school stuff. 
where's dad? Well, he's working, you know, we're, you know, we have a school party. Well, dad can't be there because they're throwing the party in the middle of the day and that's a work day. Right. So I, I, I started, you know, it was a hard look in the mirror when my wife had asked me one time, Hey, do you, are you planning on going to Ella, my oldest Valentine's day party? It's the last one she'll ever have. And this is what, this is what killed me. You've not made it to one yet. Mm-hmm. On top of that, she follows that up with, she really wants to ask you to go, but she's afraid to because she knows you have to work. So like, I'm literally getting ready in the bathroom, looking at myself in the mirror, like instantly, like almost getting enraged. Like, why are these schools throwing parties in the middle of the day? Who can go to these things? Right. And then at the same time, I'm like catching myself saying, oh my gosh, like cats in the cradles playing in the background. Like you're that guy. And it was like, you know what? yeah, I'm, I'm done doing 60, 70 hours a week. You know, I'm done chasing the dollar. I'm going to just throw it all up in the air and I'm going to let my faith be my guide. And I'm going to turn this around before that door completely shuts. Um, blessing in disguise because I did, uh, I can't tell you living life without the stresses of automotive world, um, being able to set my own schedule. Um, but most importantly, and I didn't even get a chance to taste it, you know, in my previous career, most importantly was realizing, you know, how much family actually does mean and how important that is and how much of a driving force that actually is. Um, and that helped me when I started my real estate career too, because it's like, I've got, you know, three little models that are depending on me succeeding, you know, so that they can eat and they can do things. And so, um, yeah, long answer to your question, but, uh, that that's kind of the background of how I am where I am now. That's kind of the, like I said, I got sick of the 70 hour work week and the constant stress. We, we would take vacations and we'd have to go out of country. So I'd have an excuse to shut my phone off. But the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm picturing my desk just piling up with paperwork Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't a vacation because I was just stressed to the max. And uh, yeah, one day I just said, you know what, that's it. I'm done. And uh, I did, I trained my successor that year, finished out the year, let my, let the dealership know um, a few months before I was leaving that this is my last year. I've been training a guy behind the scenes that you're not aware of. Um, he's ready to roll and I'm out December 31st, my last day. And uh, that uh, it was, I walked, I started a whole new really chapter in my life starting in January. So yeah. That's did awesome. you know anybody in real estate or how did you kind of get in that direction? Cause I know it's a little different. I mean, you're still doing sales, but it's way different than, than the it, it's, Yeah. So it's completely different. Um, you know, the biggest difference is my success in the dealership world was dependent upon other people. I really didn't have a lot of control. I could train them. I could lead them. I could pour into them the best that I could, but at the end of the day, their actions made me successful or unsuccessful. And when you work your way up the food chain and you've got, you know, 40, 50 people reporting to you that, yeah, you, you don't all have 50, 50 gunners, you know, that are making you look great. Usually it's the other way around. Right. So in real estate, it's a hundred percent on me. Like if, if I decide I want to sleep in, watch Jerry Springer and get rolling to make phone calls at 1 PM, you know, I, I can do that. Right. I have the freedom to do that. So, um, that's the biggest key difference. How did I get in there? Um, Rennie Barton, actually, he's probably the biggest, um, biggest influencer. And when he was trying to get me, you know, to look into it, it was more of a, 
it was more almost a, as an annoyance. Hey, you should do this. You should do this. And it was like, oh, we're hanging out with the Bartons tonight. All he's going to do is talk about how I need to get into real estate. Right? <laughs> it, it, and it was, but it was a great thing because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm trying to figure out, all right, what's my next step? What am I going into? This automotive thing is very lucrative, but it's just not working for me anymore. Life is miserable. I hate it. What's my next step? That actually turned into Rennie Barton in the back of my mind saying, you know what, you should do this. You'd be good at this. You should try this. You should at least get, you know, your license. And, and so, yeah, it, it was that I've had other people, the same thing that, you know, Hey, you know, Steve Frody was a big influencer too. Hey, you know, you should really look into this. You'd be really good at this. And uh, honestly, I, I, I am so thankful for what the automotive world has taught me, but at the same time, I wish I could have done it a couple years early, make that switch. Like, I really do wish if I could have done that a few more years earlier, um, I, that would have been a good go time. But like I said, I, I believe faith has a big part of it. And maybe I wasn't ready at that point. You know, maybe it took, you know, my wife telling me, Hey, you know, your daughter is scared to ask you to go to a school function because you've told her no the rest, you know, her whole life. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it took to be that driving force. Um, I do think everything happens for a reason and timing is a lot of that stuff. So, um, yeah, but that's how I got into it. It was, it was Rennie Barton dropping little seeds, you know, Steve Frody dropping little seeds, you know, <laughs> you should really look into this. You should do this. And then when, you know, the back broke, it was like, all right, I'm doing it. Right. Yeah, for sure. When you first started out in real estate and you made that transition over, how did you structure your day? Cause it's completely different. I mean, if you don't, time schedule everything you can just I mean like you said earlier you can wake up at 1 p.m and start work then so how did you start out structuring your day yeah so you know I'm a very I'm I've learned to be better at time blocking but I'm very much a list oriented person mm -hmm. you're gonna see here I've got a ton of stuff left on this list that I got to get done today that's my that's the first thing I do I'm up at six o'clock and I'm writing out what I need to get done um and I am constantly I mean and honestly, I'm one of those people too. Maybe you guys are too. It's ridiculous, but I do it. I do it every day. You know, the first thing on my list is make a list, right? Just so I get to check something up. Yep. <laughs> like how ridiculous is that, right? But that makes me feel accomplished. Like I've already, I'm already, it's 610 and I've already got one thing off my list. Look at me go, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, when I first started, because I didn't have a whole lot of clients, you know, I'm starting fresh trying to figure this thing out. It was very much, you know, I would time block a section to read motivational books, watch motivational videos, you know, keep that fire going and keep me pumped up. Um, and, and that was a huge thing. Um, you know, you get to you get to learn about people like Inky Johnson, um, all kinds of motivational speakers that basically they they did it they grit they grinded you know and they pursued and they pushed through and those stories were just super motivating for me so that was a big chunk of my day right I had to fill it with something and it had to be something productive um I would I would call I'd go through you know social media and I'd make phone calls I would you know post stuff I would you know comment on other people's posts and basically that's that's where I started I started with that sphere um I was not the most organized person. Um, a lot of people say, you know, you need to spend time, you know, in your, in your contact management and you need to have that all dialed in and be collecting emails, be collecting emails. And that was kind of the biggest thing too, is I start this thing in January and it's like, oh shoot, I really should have been doing this for the last six months. Like I've got nothing. Like I can't send a whole bulk load of emails to people because I don't have any of that information, right? So I did spend a lot of time kind of organizing a little bit, and it's still a salad today. 
because I don't, I don't use it. Right. I'm more of a people person. I'm more of a relationship type person. So that's how I grab people, man. If I see you posting something, you've got a hard time, you need help with something. I'm on there saying, Hey, how can I help you? You know, what can I do for you? You know, we're talking about real and that's how it happens. Right. That's just, it's just me being real and I'm not salesy. I'm not salesy at all. I'm here to help you. So if your goal is this, that's my goal, you know, so I help you do that. So that's just kind of, I mean, being real, being human. Um, I have a big heart and I love serving. So getting rooted in the community was twofold for me. Number one, that's something I've always wanted to do. And I never had the time to do it. Working 60, 60, 70 hours at a dealership, 30 minutes away, never left me the time to be able to work in elementary schools, to be able to, you know, pack lunches for kids, all the above. Um, so this was my opportunity where it was almost like a starting over point for me. It was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it right. So yeah, I got involved with hand to hand. Um, I got involved with, a, you know, the Marshall Elementary Environment Center, um, watchdog dads. I mean, there's so many things um, that you can be a part of if you have the time to do it, right? Well, that was something that weighed on my heart. So I made the time to do it. The greatest thing about all that is, is every day I'm out there and I'm reaching out to, I'm meeting 10, 15 people that I've never met before, that I'd never meet unless I went and did that. And we're all talking about real estate. Like, we're all, you know, it, it's like I said, my heart is in, in the right spot and I want to do this and I want to help and I want to be a part of the solution. And at the same time, at the end of the day, yeah, I've got people coming up to me saying, oh, you're in real estate. How, you know, tell me about this or how much you think my house, you know, two weeks later, I'm at their house, we're listing it. And, you know, that's how you play this real estate game. You yeah. know, you you need to be out, you need to be human, you need to be personable and you need to be approachable. You know, and most of all, you need to know that I'm here for you. You know, if your goal is this, that's my goal. That's what I want to do for you. You know, so it's it's not it's not salesy. It's about being a human. Awesome. Yeah. Build that relationship. That's, that's key. If they trust you, then they're going to want to work with you. Fact. Yep. yep. 100%. So take us to your first transaction. You became um, licensed. So how did your first transaction go? Take us to that. My first transaction was, I said earlier that everything happens for a reason. Um, and this is one of those stories. So my first transaction, I thought, because I'm listening to everybody else and how they do it, you know, oh, you got to send, you got to let everybody know you're in real estate. You need to send mailers out. You got to send. So yeah, I spent like 500 bucks on mailers. And I'm thinking, honestly, this is how delusional I was. I'm, I'm looking at the ROIs on these mailers and it's like, oh shoot. Well, if I, all right. So if they're, if it's a 4% return on investment, you know, that means for every hundred I send out, I'm going to get four deals. So I'm doing the math and it's like, oh shoot, I just sent out 600 mailers. Like, I don't have enough time to deal with, you know, 16 <laughs> houses all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. I got, I did get one and everyone looks at me and says, you got to be kidding me. A mailer actually worked. Yeah. It was my first transaction. Huh. Oh wow! I never met the guy. It was a half a million dollar listing that was across the street from me. The guy, <laughs> he interviewed, right. And I'm a very good interviewer. I've always been very, cause I've always been on the other side interviewing other people. Right. So yeah. there's not a whole lot you're going to tell me that's going to shake me. Yeah. And, and they weren't trying, right? They're just trying to find the best person. So I'm interviewing against three, four other people. And I end up winning the listing. And I call, you know, he calls me over. We do paperwork. And I, and I asked him, I said, I have to know, why did you pick me? And I almost, I mean, I'm almost in tears. I'm biting my tongue so hard because the, <laughs> the first person he says, you know, I, I interviewed one guy and I don't think he's ever done a transaction. And I, I am like biting my tongue. Like, I am like, oh my gosh, dude, if you even knew. 
Like, like I'm just starting. Do. But you <laughs> yeah. sold it. So, I mean, you played yeah, it off. He, he's telling me, he's like, so, so the first guy I interviewed, I don't think he's ever done a transaction. I, I don't think he, I, I don't think he was experienced enough to handle this. You know, the next guy, you know, he just, they, they didn't mesh, you know, the other one they interviewed, you know, she was, she was trying to tell him what to do and she didn't like that. So yeah, I mean, that, that's how I got my first one. And like I said, the transaction went very smooth, right? So as a new agent, you have a thousand eyes looking over what you're doing, right? Cause I've never seen this before. I've never, these documents, right? Everyone's making sure your T's are crossed, your eyes are dotted and you know, you're sitting in good shape. Well, that is pretty much how mine went. So it, it went flawless. We, um, this was the days before, uh, you had tons of offers and way over asking, um, you know, so we settled for 95% of the list price. We did good. He told me at the end, he's like, Bob, I had no idea you'd even get close to the number you told me, you know, and, and we did. So, um, yeah, I mean, I way over exceeded and that's kind of one of the things in talking with people and doing things. I'm very much a, you know, don't set the bar too high and come in under it. Right. You set the expectations and then crush them. So mm -hmm. you look like a hero. Right. And that's, that's to the T how that transaction went. Um, and then once the first one goes, it's like a domino. They just all start going. Yeah. And uh, it took me a while. It took me seven months to close my first transaction. So I worked for seven months with no income. Um, obviously I was preparing ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's my story. You know, there were people that went through that grower class with me. They were pounding out deals in the first month. Right. So everyone's a little bit different. I did it differently. You know, I took it slow and uh, that yeah. was my first deal. It was off a mailer, off a guy that lived across the street from me that I've never met. He's never met me. And uh, he hired me to sell his house. Huh. Did he <laughs> ever find out that that was your first transaction? Um, I don't, I never told him. Right. Yeah. After the interview. That. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was not going to tell him that I'd be surprised if he knew. I, I don't yeah. think he did. Like I said, I being, being in, there's a lot of parallels to industries, right. And being in where I was at in the automotive industry, it was very much business-like. It was very much, there's a lot of parallels, right. I know how to talk to people, whether, you know, whether it is in a barber shop, whether it's in a Meyer, you know, grocery store or, you know, dealership or at your house, you know, talking about listing your home. So there's a lot of parallels and with communication, I've always, I've always done very well. I've been able to earn people's trust fairly easily. So that definitely is a feather in my hat that, that I do use. Um, I, I don't think he ever knew. Yeah. 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 That's awesome that you pulled that off, especially after the interview and him <laughs> voicing that. I don't well, think this yeah, guy knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I literally, I, I got in my car and was just like, oh, that is the funniest story I'm going to tell for the next decade. It's That's one that you're never going to forget, right? No, no, and I never will. And I tell people that too. And they're, they look at me and they're like, you're, you're telling me your first deal is off a mailer? Like usually it's a family member or close friend. Nope. It's off a guy I didn't even know. I had no idea who I was. So yeah, that was, that's always a good one. Out of all the homes that you've been to so far, what has been the worst property? Um, I have been very fortunate to go into, to go into fairly decent properties, but okay. I had an investor buddy that, uh, we went through, we went through his, his, I mean, he wanted to be, he wanted to be under that hundred thousand dollar mark. He didn't care. You know, he was going to rent it out. He didn't mind fixing it up. 
And there was one house we went into that I'm, I, there had to have been squatters in there um, because that's just, I mean, this place was just trashed. And, and I don't mean trash. Like there was like a toilet in the middle of the living room. Like someone just undid the toilet. They moved it to the living and it just sat there. Like this thing was pretty bare bones. There were walls that were down to the studs. Um, of course, none of the pictures showed this, right? So we're walking in here and it's like, oh my. <laughs> there, and I, I'm not kidding. There was, I, there was porn everywhere, everywhere. There's magazines and it was, it was everywhere. And it's like, oh my God. Like I sent, I sent that listing agent a message like, hey, you know, just FYI, I'm not sure how many people are looking at this, but because you can always give them feedback on, on your showing, right? And it's like, yeah. there is, there's literally, there's porn scattered all over the main floor of this thing. Like it's everywhere. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe clean that stuff up before anybody yeah, else Yeah, you know, it'll take you 10 minutes, just quick, you know, burn it, throw it away, whatever. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that was the most, I mean, that will be probably the most memorable. Um, but I, I haven't had too many, and this was in downtown Grand Rapids, um, I haven't had too many, who should we go in this homes? Yeah. yeah. They've all been pretty, pretty much true to what the pictures show. So, yeah. yeah. So let's say you had to start all over today and only had a thousand dollars. How would you spend that first thousand dollars? Would you do mailers? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would. And honestly, <laughs> after my first year, I've never sent a mailer out after my first year. I've just, <laughs> I, I haven't had to. So that it definitely wouldn't be mailers. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably go in the game, the stock market and buy GameStop with all of it and wait. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that would be the last thing I'd do is buy GameStop. I was like, I was trying to determine, was it before or after? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, boy, if I had a thousand dollars, what I would probably end up doing is I would probably go out and I would grab, I'd grab some personalized type gift type items. Um, I, I would do, I would do the door knocking, you know, some nice stuff, um, going into this industry specifically, it's about relationships, right? So anytime you can get that door open, you can, Hey, you know, I'm right down the road, you know? So, um, yeah, anything you can get, give that is going to be a, they're going to look at it and they're going to see my name or my number always on it. Um, whether that might be a magnet, whether, you know, the, the trick is you got to get something that they're not going to throw away, right? It's got to be nice enough where they're not going to really throw it away. You know, at the same time, you can't go broke doing it, right? Because I only have a grand, you know, from there, I'm bound to pick up at least one, you know, if I spend a thousand dollars on something that's not worth throwing away, they're going to keep, and they're going to be seeing my name and number. Um, that's a pretty good, that's going to be a pretty good investment. You're going to get returns on that for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Is there any business books that you have read that you could recommend um, to anybody starting out in real estate? Um, yeah, there is one. Um, it's called The One Thing. Uh, you may have heard, there are probably a lot of people saying that. If you talk around, you've heard, heard yeah, a few a good people book. throw that name out. Yeah, it's a good That's book. a really good book. Yeah, um, really that like that is, it's not so much a blueprint, even though there are best ideas that are in there. Um, everyone runs their business a little bit different. What that book more shows is it, it's not how you run your business. It's that you stay adamant and that you grit and grind. Um, you know, the definition of success is getting up one more time after you've fallen, right? It, that's, that's really what it hammers home. You know, even, even when the odds are against you, it doesn't look good. You, you can't stop. Um, I'm reminded of a story 
I read in a book, I don't remember the name of this book, where basically they're there it's the gold rush in California, right? And there's these two brothers and they're they're looking for gold. They find a little bit of gold, they find enough to where, you know what, we're gonna get a machine because this will be a lot quicker. They get this machine and they find a nice vein of gold and they're pumping gold out of their left and right, left and right. And then they decide, you know what? we're running out of gold. You know, they run out of that vein and they decide, you know what, it, this isn't, you know, we made our money. We're good. Let's just sell our stuff and be done. And they did. And so they sold their big fancy machine for pennies on the dollar to a guy. They showed him where they were mining the gold because that's where he was going to start. They stopped three feet short of hitting the biggest vein of gold they would have ever seen. But because they stopped, this other guy got it pennies on the dollar. Moral of the story is even when it doesn't look good, you know, power through, grit and grind, get through it, because you have no idea what three feet more, you know, three more phone calls, three more door knocks, you don't know what it's going to bring, but you can be certain it won't bring anything if you don't do it. Um, so that's kind of, that's what that book kind of underlays, you know, it, it kind of really beats home, whatever you decide to do, you know, do it, but be all in, be 100% in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How can people get a hold of you? Um, cell phone is probably best. Okay. Cell phone, email. Um, yeah, my cell phone six one six two six two three nine one nine. My email Bob K at citytoshore dot com. Uh, I do pride myself on making sure phone calls get called back and emails and stuff are uh, are returned in in a decent amount of time. So. That's one thing the automotive industry beat India. If it wasn't now, it was already too late. So it was like, wow. Um, <laughs> the real world doesn't really operate that way. You know, you'll get, you'll get a return email, you know, in, in, a, in a good amount of time, phone call. Yeah, I'll return it that day. I won't go to bed until my messages are returned for sure. Um, but yeah, that's uh, those two methods. Text work good. Sweet and awesome. Is there anything else you want to share when I run on everyone before we go? can't speak today <laughs> yeah no it's all good um gosh no i just want to thank you guys for having me on uh it's a pleasure i've seen this show umpteen times it's uh, <laughs> i like what you do it's unique yeah, i thanks. really do you guys uh you guys stumbled on something that's pretty cool so uh, kudos to you for for doing that because that that brands you unique and people see that and uh i think that's really cool that you offer stuff like that so um i would like to say that uh I've got you guys on the docket here in a couple of weeks. I've got two coming up that you'll be shooting on. So nice. Congrats yep. on the two, the two. Sure. For sure. So uh, yeah, there's some, there's some nice ones. Um, but uh, yeah, outside of that, man, um, I appreciate everything you guys do. Yep. And uh, definitely, definitely anyone listening, hit me up. If you ever need anything, um, I'm true to what I say. I'm here to help you hit your goals. I'm not here to sell you anything or convince you to do something you shouldn't do. So I'm looking out for you. That'd be awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Are Hello? you there? Are you there? Are you there? Hey, guys, we just wanted to thank you for uh, listening on uh, either uh, podcast or on uh, the YouTube video here. If you guys wanted to subscribe, that would be awesome. That would mean a lot to us. And if you guys could give us a five-star review as well, that would be amazing. And we'll see you on the next one. See ya.